0: Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Positive Thinking and the Meaning of Life podcast. My name is, and indeed remains, Marcus Freestone. and This is part three of our little mini-series on negative thinking, and this week we're going to be talking about negative thinking, depression and anger. Whoopee! So, the reason I've chosen the topic this week is because of something that happened to me last weekend. For those who haven't listened to the podcast before, I've had a lot of problems with depression and anxiety and suicidal moods in the past. And thankfully, that's all behind me now. And apart from all the work I've done, which I've outlined in this podcast and in the book of the same name, the free version of which is at 100,000 downloads. And I promise I'm never going to mention that again until we get to 250,000. And then I'll have a party here by myself and cry. No, I won't. I'll be happy. Okay. <laughs> positive thinking, positive thinking. Yeah. So uh, f- about four months ago, I started taking Effexor or Venlafaxine, the generic name, um, which is an SNRI, which is different to SSRI antidepressants, because this one, as well as working on serotonin, it also works on another of the brain's neurotransmitters, norepinephrine which is also uh, a problem with depression and anxiety and to cut a long story short I, for 10 years I tried about eight or nine different SSRIs and they all had terrible side effects and this one has actually cleared all the rubbish out of my head and I can actually think clearly for the first time in about 20 years and so my my real self has um, emerged um, and you've heard me talk about this if if you're a regular listener. The point is Uh, and I know this is a bit British of me, but I'm going to talk about the weather (laughs) because um, those of you outside the UK probably don't know this, but once a year in the winter, we have a very, very small amount of snow and everything grinds to a halt and there are newspaper headlines for a fortnight and it's just ridiculous. Now, if you're listening to this and you're living in Cumbria or... Scotland or anywhere up north, then you're going to say, ah, we've had proper snow. Yes, you've had proper snow, and uh, people in Cumbria had to have um, food and blankets helicoptered in by the armed forces because they were completely cut off. But uh, down here in Cardiff, in South Wales, there was about an inch of snow on the roads on Friday and Saturday, And the upshot of this was I was not able to get my prescription because the chemist was closed for three days because none of the pharmacists could make the journey through an inch of snow, and not even proper snow. It was more slush, really. I mean, I I managed to walk around perfectly fine without falling over and dying. But um, anyway, everything ground to a halt. There were no buses, um and uh the supermarket people were posting um photos of the supermarket room running out of food, and my local Tesco ran out of bread and milk for three days anyway. The point of this is that I had three days where i didn't have my venyl vaccine tablets, and I began to go into withdrawal symptoms, and thankfully, the withdrawal symptoms weren't that. Bad. I felt slightly sick and dizzy, as you do when you're coming off or getting accustomed to uh, to uh, a new strong medication. And I'm on a fairly low dose, but still, it's they're powerful things. Antidepressants, and they they you know they mess with your head and your body and. The first couple of days I took them a few months ago, I just felt slightly sort of dizzy and a bit fluey and like having a bit of a hangover. and But that passed and then my mind cleared and it was fantastic. So I was kind of prepared for it, although the day my tablets ran out, I thought, no way. In fact, (laughs) I should have listened to my girlfriend, who is much wiser than me. She said... No, oh, pick up your prescription today because no, it'll it'll be lots snow tomorrow and the chemist'll be shut. I said, "No, it, it, trying my new sort of relaxed attitude to that." I said, "No, no, no, it'll be fine." So, I stayed the night at her place and then I trudged home in the morning. And I, from a distance, I could see the lights on in the chemist and the shutters were up. And I thought, "Ha ha, I've improved, right?" I'll send her a cheeky text in a minute. And then I got there and there was a printed out. Uh, you know, laser printed A4 thing on the door saying, uh, the pharmacist is closed for the time being because uh, we have no pharmacists. So the kind of shop was open for three days and there were people in there, but there was, nobody could give me a prescription that was already handed out because they didn't have the qualification anyway. um, So that was a bit annoying uh, and I felt a little bit sick and dizzy, but from the point of view of this podcast, something quite interesting psychologically happened that as well as the feeling a bit sick and dizzy and fluey and that and it wasn't that bad as long as I sort of stayed still it was fine if I got up too suddenly or swung around in my swanky new revolving office chair that I have in my recording studio I'd feel a bit dizzy and sick but other than that it was physically it wasn't too bad as long as I ate plenty but the, psychologically mentally what happened was after a couple of days i realized that i was incessantly just so so angry at absolutely everything and it was very peculiar and i thought what the hell's going on here i mean i would drop um i won't swear because i want this podcast to be available to everyone and so I mark it as non-explicit but um you can use your imagination, people. And I, I would drop a pen on the floor, and I would just scream, "Are ah, you effing bloody fucker?" And I would just go, you know, puce in the face and just apoplectic with rage because I dropped a pen on the floor. And this was sort of happening every few minutes. And I, after a while, I realised, "Oh, hang on, this is this is part of the withdrawal symptoms." And I thought, "Wait a minute." Did I used to always be like this? And I realised suddenly, yes. (laughs) Yes, I used to be like this all the time when I was depressed. And it's so obvious, but I never, I didn't notice before because it had been such a routine part of my life for 20 or 30 years. But what I've realised, and now I am, thankfully, we're, um, let me see, yeah, I'm 3 days into taking the tablets again and I'm basically fine now. Um and I'm not angry at random stationary obeying the laws of gravity. But I I it was a revelation to me that oh because I I having having not had any of this for 4 months and then just suddenly having it for a couple of days and then it going away again, thankfully. I mean, I wouldn't want to go through that again. And from now on, I will definitely, whatever the weather, when I go into the chemist next and they say, do you want to wait or do you want to pick it up later? I'll say, I'll wait. I'm staying here until you give me my bloody tablets because I'm not going through that again, even for a day. But um, uh, the point is that it was, uh, I wouldn't want to go through it again physically, but it's actually been incredibly useful for me in terms of realising that for most of my life, it seems now looking back, and I'm looking back with a fresh perspective from this short sort of isolated experience of anger, that probably about 90% of my depression was was anger. And I never realised that before. And I started thinking about it, thinking about myself and about people I know, both people who do and do not have some form of mental illness or mood disorder. And I'm thinking that just about everyone I know, most of their or a significant amount of the negative thinking seems to come from anger. And I'd never realised this before. Through all my 25 years of of studying psychology and philosophy and working on myself and analyzing my moods and overcoming them and making connections and analyzing negative patterns and overcoming them in a sort of self-programmed cognitive behavioral therapy sort of way, which I've talked about before, how you can do that. It never occurred to me that most negative thinking actually comes from anger. I use the dropping the pen as an example. There were many other examples. I was just getting angry about absolutely bloody everything. And even when I'm not depressed, you know, if, uh, you know, I mean, computers are great and I wouldn't be doing this without them and I wouldn't have my career without them and the interwebs, part of which I despise. But I'm sure you will know they can be immensely frustrating. And my girlfriend has had a succession of phones. She had loads of iPhones and they kept breaking or Apple were probably sabotaging them, it, it, as it turns out, because their old iPhone 5 has just suddenly mysteriously stopped working around the same time that there was uh, there was that news story about Apple basically destroying their old phones um, or downgrading them. Hmm. Hmm. Is that a conspiracy? I don't think so. Anyway, um, but now she's got... I mean, I've been using computers since 1983. I've, I actually spent a year teaching computers to a group of people and um, I design my own website and I make music and do all this technical stuff and yet my girlfriend's Android phone is so complicated I can't figure out how to change any of the settings or even to to get music on it or, or delete any of the apps she doesn't want and it's basis she spent a fortune on it and she's had it about a year and she's now talking about buying yet another phone because it's too it's just too cumbersome to use a phone it's it's basically a laptop and with a crap operating system Um, so I mean those kind of things yes it's uh, there's proportional anger there's, there's anger and negative thinking about something tangible that's actually happening. Something bad happens to you or something very frustrating happens, and yes, you will become negative and angry, but that's normal. That's not a mental illness. The mental illness or the mood disorder is when you become apoplectically angry and start screaming and stomping on the floor because you've dropped a pen or because... Uh, You made a cup of tea and then you let it go cold. You've got to make another one. And that's the sort of thing I've been going through the last few days. And I realized I spent my whole life like that. And, And looking at other people as well, I can see, yeah, it all comes from anger. But obviously when I drop a pen on the floor and I'm screaming in a rage, I'm not angry at the pen. Obviously, I'm not angry at an inanimate object. I'm not delusional. And I live on my own. And I was on my own when all this stuff was happening. So clearly, my anger was at myself or something, something other than what I was getting angry about. And like I've said about identifying negative patterns, what you need to do is work out what are you, what, why are you becoming angry? What is the actual source of your anger and um i mean i i I know people who i'm sure you all know people who love to just rant about everything and you know any news item comes up and they will just take a you know contradictory um view of it They'll, they'll get angry about anything and anyone and nobody is actually nobody actually has a negative opinion about absolutely everything in the world and every type of person and everyone they meet nobody's really that angry so people who are incandescently angry all the time it's it's coming from inside and i'm i'm sure i've definitely talked before on the podcast or written in, in the books about um, your like I talked last week about uh, my girlfriend finding January a difficult month, and she thought that it was some form of seasonal affective disorder, and she bought a blue light, but it didn't help. And this had been going on for twenty odd years. And then, as I said last week, I we're having this conversation, and she just happened to mention that January, when she was seventeen was when she started having a bit of a breakdown because she was stressing over her exams and realised she hadn't done enough work and she probably wasn't going to get into university. And what she was doing was transferring her anxiety from that, which she hadn't processed, into the random thing of January the month. And she was blaming... January and the weather for her anxiety when in fact it was the fact that she was reliving in her brain her exam stress from 30 years ago and as soon as I pointed that out to her it was fine so we need to do the same with anger we need to identify what's the actual source of the anger and I was thinking about before I realized it was a lot of it to do with a lot of it was to do with anger I was thinking about negative thinking and this applies to anger as well and I just made a quick note that there are different types of negative thinking. You can have negative thoughts about yourself. You can have negative thoughts about a specific situation. You can have negative thoughts about the world or existence in general. You can have negative thoughts about other people. And you can also have undefined negative thoughts like a sort of generalized anxiety where you're just anxious all the time but there's no particular source to it you're just anxious whatever whatever is going on in your life and whatever situation is around you whatever your circumstances are you're anxious and it's i'm sure people have been depressed or anxious no you know it's the same with depression you once you become clinically depressed it doesn't matter how great or how rubbish your life is, you'll be equally depressed because your brain and your thinking and your whole mood is distorted. You literally have a mood disorder. That's what depression is. It's a mood disorder, a disordered mind, disordered, discombobulated thinking and emotions. And so when you get into that state, circumstances don't matter. And I think with a lot of people, If I know because I've seen it and I've seen it in myself, anger as as a component of negative thinking, there's a source to the anger and then we transfer it outwards. And if you have some kind of unresolved issue with yourself, you don't like yourself or you blame yourself for something or you're guilty or you're brooding over something that's often projected outwards and you become angry about dropping a pen on the floor or about politicians or... I mean, I have a friend who, every time I see him just about, he has a, a rant of incandescent anger about, about something random, like some random celebrity who who's earning a lot of money or got a TV series... And he gets really, really angry about things that are empirically trivial and more to the point, don't have any effect on him. And there's clearly some source of that anger. And I, I can say the same for myself. And it was interesting and disturbing when it, when I went off the medication on the weekend for three days and I started having all this anger and I and I, I remembered how exhausting it is. What a waste of time it is, and how stressful it is to just be constantly angry and i i 'm seeing now a sort of a, a a conglomerate of negative thinking, anger, and stress. negative thinking, anger, and stress i think are major, i think are the major components of depression and once you get into that depressive spiral, then those three elements sort of feed off each other and you've got to break the cycle in each of those three respects. I'd forgotten how exhausting this was. And I've talked before about stress chemicals, cortisol, the main one. And if you're in a state of constant anxiety and anger, then I've mentioned before in the podcast that once you become stressed, your cortisol levels rocket and you remain in that high, chemically, your body remains in a high stressed biological state for half an hour even if the stress immediately, even if you're stressed for a minute, you will have those high-stress chemicals eating away at your body and causing you ulcers and strokes and heart attack and whatever um, for half an hour. And if within half an hour you go back into the stressful situation or you have another stressor, the um, the cortisol and associated stress chemicals will rocket again. And I think if you're one of these people who gets angry about several different things every day, then you're in a constant state of biological stress. And that that is very, very bad for your physical health as well as your mental health. It's a cause of many, you know, chronic physical conditions such as I've mentioned strokes and stuff. Um, so I think what I've, I'd forgotten how angry I was and I could feel it coming back when I was briefly unmedicated. So it's made me think: What am I angry about? And the fact that I was here at home on my own, and I was just shouting with rage about things that didn't matter. I thought: Why am I? De- why am I shouting when there's nobody here? What am I doing? And I thought: Clearly, there's stuff deep down in me, probably from childhood that I haven't expressed and dealt with. And so there's that deep kind of burning subconscious anger somewhere in the core of my being that I'm expressing when I'm, I'm shouting at a pen or a cold cup of tea or whatever. And so what, although I'm not, although while I'm on the medication, I don't have that anger. It's made me realize that the unresolved issues are still in there. So I guess the conclusion which could be taken as positive or negative i 'll take it as positive is that there's still there's still more work for me to do there's still clearly a a root of my there's still things that i 'm angry about from the past that i haven 't processed, and so I will take this weekend, which was fairly unpleasant i 'll take it as a positive uh, as a useful reminder that i am prone to anger and that this is an issue that i have to look into because i i've i just haven't for some reason i mean i've i've looked at I've looked at and dealt with most of my issues before. The fact, I used to drink ridiculous amounts of alcohol. I don't do that anymore, not because I'm sober or in a recovery or anything. I still drink when I fancy it, but most of the time I don't fancy it. It's not a problem. And I've had problems with food in the past and all sorts of obsessive behaviour and Um, you know, self-harming and stuff and self-defeating behavior and damaging behavior and all that. And I don't do it anymore. I've dealt with the, I've unpicked the pattern. I've gone to the root of them and I've identified, Oh, that's why I do that. Like an episode I did last year about abandonment issues. And that's, that was messing up my relationship with my girlfriend. As soon as I realized it was abandonment issues, stopped being a problem. Now we have a great relationship. Um, but anger is something I haven't dealt with. And, uh, hopefully I've been, I, I've been completely improvising all this. I hope it's been some use, but just to say that if in conclusion, if you, if you were experiencing negative thinking, then just analyze your own behavior and do you get angry about things that are nothing to do with you? Or do you get disproportionately angry about, say, you know, something trivial, uh, like, oh, there's an, uh, an unnecessary bit of admin. Oh, dear, I've got to go online and spend five minutes sorting this out. Do you get incredibly angry and stressed about something that really will just take you five minutes to deal with and then you never have to think about it again for the rest of your life? If you do... If these sort of things make you angry, then you need to think about where, what is the actual source in my past or in my personality, in my emotions, in my thinking, what is the actual genuine source of this anger? And I mean, I, for example, thinking about the past, I... I used to be angry about being about being Welsh. I used to be really angry about being born in Wales and living here all my life because when I was in my mid-twenties and I wanted to do stand-up comedy, the only options for me living in Wales were to move to London or take a show to the Edinburgh Festival and... Financially, that was never an offer, so I did stand up for a couple of years, and there was one venue in Cardiff where you could do it and Cardiff, the capital city of Wales. I know Wales is a small country it's about three million people, I think, but I keep here all the podcasts I hear you know virtually anywhere in America there's somewhere within you know somewhere within ten miles where you can just turn up and do stand-up. There seem to be thousands of venues. And, there, you know, there's about 150 comedy clubs in London. There's several in Brighton. There's a thriving scene in Manchester, in Scotland, there's in, in the North East, in, in Dublin and in Belfast. There's, it seems everywhere around the UK there are concrete artistic things going on, things you can join. And I've always found Wales to be very insular and there there just there isn't there isn't a scene going on there isn't you know if you're in a band there are places you can play but there's there's still not a proper re, there isn't real no there isn't there isn't a proper comedy club in Cardiff and it's a bloody capital city of a supposedly developed Western country. I mean, there are, there's a glee club where you, there's places where you can go and, and see comedy, but there's, no, there's nowhere where you can go and try out material and, and where you can go and do an open spot, and then if you do well, then they'll, they'll you know, pay you to do 10 or 15 minutes. There's never been anywhere like that in Cardiff and anywhere in Wales, as far as I know. And I, I, that used to make me incredibly angry. And I used to blame Wales. I used to, I was blaming my circumstances for my failings. And then I thought, well, you know what? Okay. Stand up comedy is something that I would like to do. And I, I did it and I was reasonably good at it and I enjoyed it. But I thought, okay. It's pointless spending the rest of my life just resenting my random circumstances. I can't do anything about where I was born. It's not a choice you make, it's just random genetics and circumstances. And now that I'm in a settled relationship, even if I had. The money I couldn't go and relocate to London and I, I actually don't want to do it now I don't want to be a jobbing stand-up um, I've decided I don't want to but I've had to let go of that and and about 10 years ago when I started getting into sort of putting putting little comedy shows and podcasts and music on on the interwebs I realized oh now it doesn't matter where I come from I, I can still do whatever I want. So anyway, I think I'll stop rambling now because I'm very busy and I've got loads to do as well as uploading this. Um, so there we are. I hope this rambling has been useful and it will be coherent when I edit it. Uh, that was negative thinking part three about anger. Uh, the usual exhortations to go to the uh, the Facebook page. Please like that. Um, send me a message. Um and um, you know, consider banging me a few uh, dollars through PayPal. And um, I am going to uh, uh, be joining Patreon soon. It's on my list of about a hundred things to do, um, as well as novels and music and blah blah blah. And um, oh, if you're into music, I have um, I've started putting some cover versions on uh, YouTube. So if you go to the Marcus Freestone and the industrial strength youtube channel industrial strength is one of my new um my new musical outfits if you go there um on the freestone channel uh, i've uploaded a cover of queen's we will rock you which i'm really pleased with and uh today i'm going to be uploading cars by gary newman and uh, stand and deliver by adam and the ants which is um first single I bought with my own money when I was eight years old in 1981 so that's how old I am I'm nearly 46 and uh, on the Industrial Strength channel there's a track by Pantera there's a track by Marilyn Manson um there's we care a lot by faith no more which uh, my girlfriend pronounced as very good um so yeah loads of music and um there's a free book and um there we go hope this rant's been useful and uh, i'll see you next week bye bye